Dad's Talking Football. Welcome back to Dad's Talking Football, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are so grateful that you're here to listen to our Super Bowl recap and our draft of the 2022-2023 season in a nutshell. My name's Jim, coming at you from Austin, Texas, in the bunker with our panel. We have Chris, we have Mel. Before I introduce them anymore, I want to let you all know that the explicit sign is lit up tonight in bright red, neon red, explicit, NC-17. This is going to get gross. If you have kids around, put on your headphones. If not, you've been warned. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Just kidding. Fuck hey, yeah. Chris, welcome in, man. How are you doing tonight? What is? I, I didn't know we were doing an NC-17 show tonight. That's fucking great. <laughs> hey, man, it's the second to last episode of the season. So you know how Game of Thrones always save their best shit for the second to last episode of the season? Yes. You never know what's going to happen. It's going to be Red Wedding style. <laughs> Melvin, how you feeling, buddy? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for NC-17. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> now people are going to be clamoring for the YouTube channel. That's right. Gentlemen, <laughs> we're all we're all not wearing pants. That's the NC-17 part. You just can't see it. <laughs> Spoiler, I never wear pants in this in this podcast, so <laughs> we'll be okay. Um, hey, I want to do around the horn real quick and find out how you guys fared in the Super Bowl. Obviously, Chiefs victorious over the Eagles. Build up. Lived up to the billing. It was awesome. Mel, I'm gonna start with you, man. How'd you do? What'd you what what were your takeaways? Anything? Yeah, I mean, overall, I think our uh predictions last week were pretty spot on. I think if anybody listened to the to the podcast last week, uh should have won some money. Um, you know, I think we all had the Chiefs winning that game. We're pretty close in the scores too. I know we had a high scoring uh affairs. Overall. I did win some money because I did bet very big on the Chiefs to 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 cover and for the over to hit. So luckily that hit in like what halftime? <laughs> like it, it was everything we asked for, right? It was, we wanted a high scoring game. We wanted a classic game, and we got it. But unfortunately, everyone's talking about the ending of the game, right? It, we could have had an all-time classic to this. Yeah, Everybody's talking about that. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll go into a little bit more detail there. Uh, you know, some some funny notable wins that I got. Uh, you know, I won some prop bets. I got uh, Chiefs throwing the first challenge, and I saw Reed do that, and then mistakenly won another prop bet of the Chiefs scoring last in the game, which netted me some money. But if you listen to my prop bets last week, I lost the coin toss. I lost the, the Gatorade bath. Um, I even bet that Rihanna would be wearing glasses and she wasn't. And I also bet that Jay-Z would show up. He didn't. So oh, oh. <laughs> he was there technically. He, he was, was at the event. Yes. He was there, but he, I thought he was going to show up. Uh, but it, 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 it just didn't happen. So I lost those prop bets. But like I said, ultimately came out because the heavy money was on, on the Chiefs. So... So yeah, overall, I mean, we couldn't have asked for for a better game, uh, high scoring, uh, with some controversies. So yeah, it sounds I agree. Like it was ripe, ripe for this season too. Yeah, great, oh, a little bit of controversy. It had, yeah, that's true. Actually, it had kind of like all the things you wanted in a big game. Um, 
I agree. I wish that last minute 46 was Jalen Hurts running up the field with no timeouts and doing that whole thing. That would have been amazing to see. Um, but again, the refs read the script. They knew what to do. Um, and yeah, Mahomes wins. That, they love Mahomes. Put they your tinfoil hat back on, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude. Come on. It wasn't even a catchable pass. I don't understand that, that, that pass was not. I, I don't know. I mean, the guy admitted to the whole. So, like, the Eagles fans are pissed. They can't even blame the refs because the own DB said, yeah, it was a hole. I, I was hoping I wouldn't get called on it. I thought there was a two or three yard window where you were allowed to have contact. There... And he he started his route behind the line of scrimmage. So, like, he was beyond safe before it got a little messy. Right. I, I don't like the timing of the call either, but I, I think it was a hold. I just don't know if it was, you know, downfield enough. That's right. where the controversy is, right? Because the purists say if it's a hold, it's a hold. You call it, right? Like you can't not call a penalty. But at the same time, you can't let the refs decide the game in that moment. And like you, I hated how they threw it so late. You know, yeah. I was over there kind of celebrating because I wanted, you know, I wanted to see what Hurts could do and have a, a exciting ending. And then you see the flag thrown like a few seconds later. I don't know. It just, you just can't do that in that moment. And then, you know, you get all the script talkers talking about it. And now the refs are the ones everyone's talking about. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Chris, I want to hear from you and your Super Bowl party, which I attended and thoroughly yes. enjoyed. But, but I will say, Real quick, I, I became a Jalen Hurts fan in the game. I wow. had the Chiefs. Yeah. I was rooting for the Chiefs. And yet, kind of what you just said, Chris, I wanted to see if if Hurts would get the ball back and what, what they could do and maybe go to overtime or something and just get, get nutty, you know? But um, I mean, it's fair maybe, to say Jalen Hurts was the best player on the field that night. I mean, right? I mean, he, he, he ran for three, passed for one. Uh, I mean, the guy was all over the place. Hard to argue. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I definitely don't like him because I don't, I think we're gonna have to face him again, but, uh, definitely he was fun to watch and it was cool to see, you know, two elite quarterbacks go at it. That was kind of cool yeah. to see very similar playing styles too, honestly. Yeah. More of a respect thing, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So how was the party, Chris? Man, I mean, like you said, like you said, you were there. It was, uh, it was good. It had all the things, you know, we had, I mean, I had a ton of TVs. We had tons of food. Um, kids seemed to be having a good time. Um, I mean, yeah, it was. You know, the, it, it's always a better party when uh, the game is good. You know, the party tends to get a little bit off the rails when the game tends to get off the rails because people just go, well, I might as well keep drinking or whatever or drink more because the game's terrible. Um, yeah. But when the game's good and captivating, people are into the game and not getting super, super loose. Um, another rule that we did, we didn't really have a lot of booze out. We just had beer. So it keeps, it's like the wedding rule. Like you don't need hard alcohol at your wedding. Just for all the young listeners out there, just have beer and wine. It's a hot yeah. tip. That, that, that's a very hot take. Yeah. I'm an open bar guy. So <laughs> that is a very hot take. <laughs> I mean, or you have like one cocktail, you know, you have like your, your one drink that you can have. That That's fair. Because otherwise you're going to get dudes getting naked in your, you know, in your wedding pictures or your, or in this case on my roof, on my backyard, whatever didn't happen because you keep, you keep it a little bit, you know, tempered down with just some beer and wine. Hot okay. tip. So you could say the party didn't quite reach 
the heights it could have because the lack of spirits. Yeah. It could have been something else. And you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed your party. There was one guy who showed up with a full bottle of bourbon. Oh, really? It was uh, it was uh, one of Gracie's friends' dads. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he rolls up in the kitchen. And mind you, I, I broke my dry January uh, last Friday. So like last Friday, I got kind of wrecked. Went into <laughs> Sunday for the Super Bowl party thinking, I'm going to just pace myself. And this motherfucker comes in with a full <laughs> bottle of bourbon sealed. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And I'm like, he's here to party. He is here <laughs> to get after it tonight. And uh, you know what? Props to him on self-control. He sat on his ch- on the chair in front of the, the TV in the living room. He didn't fucking move. Oh, I know who it is, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I was proud to see that. But when you brought that up, I was like, you're right. It was it was uh, enough of a sight that I had to call it out because I hadn't I didn't I didn't see it everywhere else. I was just like, who comes into a party full barrel, like ready to go a bourbon like usually me, actually. But I was really happy. I kind of kept my cool. Didn't get too messed up. I got to play darts with Chris at the end of the night. Um, actually, just to kind of kind of jump in. I went home with the kids and with with my wife about nine minutes left in the game. She she, she got a head start to give him a shower. And when I got in there just to say goodnight, quote unquote, they were all getting out of the shower, getting ready to finish the game. So I sat and watched the rest of the game with them. And then I was like, I told Chris I'd go help clean up. So I like ran back across the street and we ended up playing darts and, uh, you know, having another beer and just shooting yeah. the shit. But it was a great night, man. Great party. Um, didn't feel too bad on Monday, too, which is also a winner winner in my book. Of you course. know, I agree. Yeah. And that's the other reason why the booze is a bad idea on a Super Bowl Sunday, because you got to wake up and go to work the next day until until they figured out and give them an extra bye week to where we could do it on President's Day weekend. That's what's going to happen. What are they thinking, man? What are they thinking? Um, I will also say, too, that uh, it does help when the game's good. I think there were enough scores. It brought people's attention to the boards with the squares because the scores kept changing. Yep. Um, we had a lot of kids there, but the kids, knock on wood, didn't get hurt, didn't break yeah. anything major. Like, that was a, a win in itself, man. I don't think there was any crying. Like, all the kids played well together, and they had their own thing. It was, I mean... There was one yeah. kid that was a bit of an asshole, but I think uh, he's, <laughs> he's got a reputation as that already. And I I know him, so I could say it. <laughs> he's like 11. Maybe uh, so, I, so I have to ask, were there any Chiefs or Eagles fans there watching the game? No. Okay. Just just my son, Nolan, rocking his Mahomes jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and just to be fair, he was a he was a he was a Niners fan a couple of years ago. So oh yeah, we're, we're still working with him. He, there's hope still. Yeah, um, and Con, Connor decorated a T-shirt to be an Eagles guy. He was tra- he was Kelsey's brother, Jason Kelsey. He brought sixty two <laughs> on the back, and it was silly. We couldn't find a white T-shirt for him to decorate, so we went to Costco and uh, I got him this woman's. Uh, Banana Republic V-neck shirt. It was a small but perfect size on him, and <laughs> we threw that fucking shirt out as soon as he went to bed that night. We were like, "You're not wearing this ever again, dude." That was for a party. Uh, yeah, no, but but no, like hardcore Eagles fans or uh, Chiefs fans. So that's yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, because I feel I, I did invite a couple people that are Chiefs fans, and they all wanted to do. And again, I get it. They all wanted to be with their people, so yeah, I got that. Sense. You know. 
yeah. makes sense. So nobody, nobody legit crying, leaving your house, even adults, because there was yeah, no, no legit crying. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the other thing about a Super Bowl party. It's great is that there's a there's a thing that happens. You know, what I mean, it's a it's a it has a start time and an end time to where people typically get the fuck out of your house when the game is over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's yeah. very little like lingering. Um, so yeah, the added kids get them out even earlier too. That's it's true. Like, oh, the kids bath time. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's like you gotta go, and it's Sunday again. So you're like, if it was mm-hmm. if it was a Saturday, you probably could see people hanging out a little bit more, but. Get back to those naked dudes on your roof like you were hoping for. Right. You bring the booze in, you put it on a Saturday, different party. <laughs> Optional, bottomless party. I can't wait. Um, yeah, great, great game. Uh, I actually got one last good bit of news about it today. Uh, one of our commissioners of our, our betting stuff hit me up over Slack at work and said, hey, great job on the final score, the final square. And I was like, Thanks. I, I, I just want to say that before the game started, I didn't even have time to like consolidate all my bets. I usually write them on like a post-it and put them in my pocket so I know what numbers I'm going for. And I think I texted you guys. I was like, I, I'm just going to trust that somebody tells me if I won something. So I won. I won like 600 bucks. Uh, nice. Still waiting to be Venmoed, of course. But like he hit me up on it today and I was like, you're damn right I did. I had eight five. <laughs> Let's go. I I'm glad That's I didn't know win. the party. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. I might have I might have been that naked guy on the roof. I might have been like, <laughs> I won six hundred bucks. But it was a it was a great win, a great <laughs> final check off of like, hey Jim, you're almost even uh you're almost even on everything you've lost this year. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Uh, outside of the squares, how did you do in your bets? Great. Pacheco anytime, Hurts anytime, um, Chiefs and the over, tease the over as a standalone. And, uh, you know, I thought I got the over right on the uh, National Anthem, but apparently it went under. It didn't go yeah. 207. I was yeah. like, we were singing out Ramparts for 10 seconds. This guy was taking his sweet-ass time. God bless you, Stapleton. And I was like, like I didn't have a clock out. I was like, I'm definitely hitting. Definitely this. over. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. All night I was like, I hit it. I hit it. And I go back and hit refresh, and they were like, No, dude, it, it went under. And I was like, Of course, the public. Got I couldn't on believe it. it. We were all opposite. yeah. We were all saying he was gonna go for sure. Yeah, we thought we had. It that seemed one. like it. It seemed if you did the ear test, you were like, This is yeah. at least two fucking minutes. <laughs> God. Yeah. Great show. The downside now is we have about six months. Before we see legitimate college football and even preseason game, probably the Hall of Fame game, which if you know the dads, we don't give a fuck about, but nope. we uh, we do appreciate when football's back on SportsCenter, back in the news. We're going to kind of just hold off. Um, I know Mel's a big USFL fan, but we're probably not going to talk about that on the pod because um, Johnny Mansell doesn't deserve uh, anything. That's the only two times we'll say his name, Johnny Mansell. <laughs> oh man all right i'm gonna have to start my own standalone podcast <laughs> mr mel hey. talks usfl <laughs> hey if you bring me and chris on we'll get into it yeah <laughs> we'll get into it you just give, me a, reason, we give wanna... me a reason to watch it yeah there you go uh you gun go. to my head i couldn't name one usfl team <laughs> it's probably something like the marauders or something or the <laughs> dragons they're always a lame name <laughs> it is lame and it's easy decal it's easy yeah yeah um <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So we got six months. Obviously, in, in my house, we turned our attention to Michigan State basketball. 
uh, pitchers and catchers are going to report here in a couple days, I think, for baseball. Um, I mean, we got other things coming. Uh, growing up in Chicago, it was a four-sport city, so you always knew who to root for next. Austin's a little different, but come on. We have our allegiances. We know what we're doing next, and football's still king. We'll see you back in six months. Um, how about we do a little recap of the season to get to kind of reminisce about everything that, that's gone down? Uh, we're we're going to do a draft, okay? So the dads are going to do a draft of our top slash favorite slash most memorable moments or games or situations of the 2022-2023 NFL season. It'll give us a chance to really start to process this as we have to wait six months. And uh, if we want to look back at this season, we'll we'll give each of you uh, at least five uh, great things that happened in our opinion and maybe something that might spur a memory for you guys too. Um, love that. You guys, you I guys love down it. for that? Yeah, let's yep. do it. Yep. Born right. ready. Born ready. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We did a randomizer before we started. We'll do a snake draft. So once I pick something or somebody picks something, it's off the board. It yep. is going to be me first, then Chris, then Mel. And that'll be the first round. So don't don't rank them from five to one. Give us your very best pick that you have. All right. This is probably so, the best order draft order I've had doing anything fantasy <clears throat> ever. So this is great. I'm really happy about my number two slot. <laughs> two out of three. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're you're set up right in that middle pick. That's like perfect the sixth place or to seventh be right spot in the on the NFL, yep. yeah, the fantasy. I love it. All right. So my number one is probably a no brainer for some of you guys. Uh, this is a moment that transcended the sport. Uh, I'm talking about Demar Hamlin and his injury on Monday Night Football uh, against the Bengals in what was supposed to be a very crucial, crucial game. I think it's relevant to, to to acknowledge how early it was in the game. I think the first quarter had just ended, maybe. It might have been the first play of the second quarter. Maybe first quarter was about to end. First quarter. It was 10-7, yeah. right? Very early. And it changed... Everything. Our whole podcast that followed up that episode was the most somber thing. I mean, I don't really recommend yeah. it to anybody unless they know that there's funny shit in the next one or there's funny shit prior. And uh, I, I do also want to kind of tie this in and, and maybe you guys can veto me if, if you don't think it's true. But I want to add in the subsequent kick return that the Bills had the very next game. Their very next play from scrimmage was a kick return touchdown, something they yeah. hadn't done in... I forgot the stat now. Was it 33 years? Something yeah, like it, that? It was something along those lines. 33 yeah. months? It had a something three like that. in it. It had a three. Sure. Yeah, they definitely, yeah. script writers were like, this This will sort of work. Uh, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> that was the biggest goosebumps moment of sports that I've had in a long time, probably since Scott Pitsednik game two uh, walk-off home run in the 2005 <laughs> World Series. I know you guys are all like, fuck yeah, that was a great moment. Uh <laughs> But that was a moment where I was like, I get goosebumps just talking about it now because it was uh, it was bigger than the game. It is, is still relevant. He's still being asked about stuff. He still says, I, I look forward to maybe playing football again one day. And it it stopped everything like it just it it was a showstopper. And uh, I think that that's my number one. DeMar Crazy, Hamlin, that's your number one, return. the number one draft pick overall and it was so late in the season you know what i mean but but i i don't disagree with you i think that was a probably one of the biggest storylines in the nfl for sure i would agree 
I would agree. Yep. It still it still continues. He's still he's still in the news, you know. Right. All right, um, and then can I get the kick return? I'll give that to you because I think we'll, it's part we'll of the story. We'll give you the kick return. We'll give you the kick return. Is that just it? Just shows the little storybook ending to it because it that was the next game that they was that the next game they played. Yes, it, it was, was the very next play from scrimmage. It was right. like they hadn't they didn't go on the field. Kudos again to the coaches. I think we should call that out. They didn't let the the refs continue the game or follow the playbook. They were like, we're not going back out there. Um, it's just one of those moments. I feel like I remember what what I was doing when it happened. Yeah, I remember reading to my kid afterward and my wife coming up going. We're going to bed. Um, they're doing CPR in the field. And my eyes just like popped out of my head. I was like, I, I need to go watch what's happening. But yeah. Regardless. And it felt like, like you said, it felt bigger than football. It felt like it was something was happening and it was yes. very weird. Yeah. Yes. All right. That's my number one pick. Maybe an obvious one, but Chris, on you, bud. All right. Well, I'm going to take one that. It was a, a big pick for me, but I do think it is bigger than just me. It was, in my opinion, probably the biggest situ- biggest situation going on in football was the Niners season. I mean, alone, the QB situation was insane. That was, I mean, the fact that we started with Trey Lance losing Chicago, we lose Trey Lance in game, his second game in San Francisco against Seattle. Jimmy G comes in. He starts doing well. And then Brock Purdy's story. I mean, the magic was there uh, all season until the very, very end, obviously. But um, that whole season, I have to believe that if you're not even as a Niners fan, you would, that was an a insane thing to watch. And again, it just kind of hit this crescendo with Brock Purdy. But um, hopefully we gained a couple more fans out of it and uh, and a little bit more respect from the NFL. I'm, I'm, I am hearing that we are like the number two um, uh, after the Chiefs in Vegas odds to win this to go to the Super Bowl next year, so um, you know that's good. We need a little bit more, put some respect on our name, kind of thing, you know. To quote Travis Kelsey. So yeah, yeah, that, that's a fair number one. I mean, the Niners had a great season. Now I'm going to ask this question because you you brought it up about the Bears. Now, can Jim take that as one of his special moments in the draft, or is that part of the Niners season that you just took? I mean. I mean, yeah, I would say this. The Bears had such a terrible season. They need to use something they can grab onto to have a little bit of light. So, yes, he can absolutely have that one win. It's right out of my mouth, Chris. Don't take anything from the Bears, Mel. We have nothing to really grasp on, you playoff-bound fuck. Hey, I had the the Niners quarterback carousel and how they kept kicking ass. Like, that was – that is – that never happens. I'm from a team where the Bears lose a quarterback every fucking year. And you know what? We show it on the field. We don't have anybody to come in and deliver. And you guys did it three times. So like three times and not only three times and every single time it happened, people kept thinking, oh, well, it was a good run. Maybe next year we go. And Mm -hmm. then it did it again. And then again. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Brock Purdy alone could have been a pick in itself. Just how he came in, Mr. Irrelevant and just changed the whole season around. I mean, I mean, in my opinion, and again, as a Niners fan, Take it with whatever you will, the grain of salt. But he could, I think he should have won rookie of the year personally. I mean, you know, he didn't play as many games as the other guys that did win, but he, his, his whole thing was so much better than, than some of those other guys. But I, I don't, I don't disagree with the guys that did win it, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair argument there. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's my number one pick. Niners. I would say I've actually put Niners QB situation, and then I just put in parentheses the Niners season. So okay, they gave it to Garrett Wilson. Yeah, please. Kenneth Walker the third should have got it over him, and and Purdy should have been right there with him, man. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking horseshit. Yep. Give it to a Jet. Give me a break. <laughs> they won. They won rookie defensive rookie of the year too. Sauce. Sauce. Yeah. Love that sauce. Nice. Yeah. All right, I respect that. Chris, great pick, man. Great pick. All right. So for my number one pick, um, it was the NFL trade deadline. I think just so much that happened and, and probably the biggest steal of the, tr- uh, of the trade deadline was Chase Claypool. I mean, you, the, what? <laughs> I couldn't even. I couldn't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going there. That was fucking gold. Uh, I, I have to bring the bears there somewhere, right? But thanks. Uh, we need the mentions. Yeah. We, uh, again, the McCaffrey trade, I think, is is probably the one that everybody's going to talk about, right? I think um, bringing him back in. Uh, resurrecting his career again right i being, completely being, agree being healthy like he could have made a case for a comeback player of the year right um i think just behind saquon and geno smith right but i mean that was that blockbuster trade it was the nfl doing their best impersonation of the nba uh where you just had so many big moves and i think uh it was the most moves that the nfl has ever had uh, in a season, I think it was 72 or 78 total trades that were made within the season. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I they know. never do that many moves. They they never make any splashy moves either. It's always yeah. a six round pick for a, a D lineman that you don't really see. Like these were big blockbuster moves. These Even were big Claypool blockbuster moves. Hurt the Bears. They we we lost a pick for him. Like that was. <laughs> it, it will be talked about. It will. Yeah. I think I think, I think you're right. Well, yeah. I mean. And to your point, Mel, I think that the comeback player of the year going to Geno Smith is weird because it was like he just did his job. He wasn't like he didn't have some big thing happen and then he's pushed into the starting. He had his quarterback leave and then become he became starting quarterback, whereas Christian McCaffrey was in the fucking the dumps, hanging out yeah. in the dumps in, in Carolina. And then, like you said, comes goes to San Francisco, doesn't get injured and has I mean, they were undefeated outside of the one game against the Chiefs. With Christian McCaffrey in that lineup, he was the I would say he's the game changer, yeah, or one of the biggest game changers that season. So yeah, I agree. Comeback player could have been, should have been Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, could have. Uh, and then again, like that was just the biggest name. I mean, you have other big names that came out, right? You got the Chubb deal, you got Roquan Smith, you got the Hawkinson deal. Uh, I mean, even the Kadarius Tony, he's now a Super Bowl winner, right? Like that was a big trade for the Chiefs that no one really talked about. Um, so just so much that went on at Baker Mayfield, right? Like him being traded and then yep. coming back and, and who knows what's going to happen with him and the Rams moving forward. Right. Um, but it was just, uh, it was just an exciting time because you were just getting notification after notification of all the names that were moving and you're like right in the middle of the season and just checking to see who your team got. Did you give up anybody? Were you going to get Clay- Claypool? It's just, it was insane. So it, it was a fun time in the middle of the season. Yeah, I, yeah, it, I agree. That was, yeah. and like you said, normally nothing really happens. And it was like, a there was a lot of, there were some pretty good moves. So yeah, it was fun yep. to see. Yeah. Okay. So that was 
my number one pick. That's your Mel. number one. Yep. And we're going to okay. snake it back for you, Mel. First, first pick it back. second round. Okay. I'm going to talk about this one because, one, I've been talking about it a lot during the season. But also, when you have a record that is made during the season, I feel like you have to talk about it. And this is the birth of Kirk Thuggins and the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I bring this up <laughs> because... Kirk Thuggins and the Vikings, let's be honest, they did their thing this year, right? At least in the regular season. Um, And you have to talk about the game where they were down 33 to zero and they came back to win that game in overtime, which was the biggest comeback ever in an NFL season game. So um, breaking a record like that with Kirk Thuggins, just every week showing up on the plane shirtless, with his chains on and just dancing around like he shouldn't be. Uh, it, 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 it captivated me. It, it, it made me believe that the Vikings were a legit team only to yeah. have them be the second frauds next to the Eagles. So <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking with the Vikings. I'm sticking with Kirk Thuggins. I know LeConte is going to probably listen to this and we can debate on this more, more, but uh, Kirk Thuggins definitely captivated me for 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 what he did this season, um, and for for what he didn't do this season too. Right, you still had those prime time prime, prime you know, time games. You got, you you got go. the prime time games right. and all of that. So uh, he he was just a different animal at one p.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> That's a great call out there. I love that. I do. I do have Kirk Thuggins showing up somewhere else on my list. So I'll, I'll hold off for a minute. But that comeback. Do you remember who that was against? It was against Jeff Saturday and the Colts. <laughs> Holy shit. Now I remember. Yes. Wow. That halftime was like, wow, the Colts are, are, are a new team. And that didn't last long. Yeah. The Vikings came right back. Yeah. Wow. It was Good funny. Call out there. What a memory. It, it, yeah. It was funny because I remember it because it was literally the week after we had LaConcy on the episode and we had that whole debate on eagles versus vikings who's the bigger fraud and then we see uh we see what they did uh the following game so that's why i remember it it it, it sticks to me and and the vikings won me a lot of money because they were covering a lot of spreads um uh, throughout the season so again i'm 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 not mad at them yeah yeah no they uh they got really good at one score games right and yeah. some teams did not this year well you might hear from them in a little bit just by how entertaining they their losses were you know <laughs> good pick mel back to chris okay my uh number two overall pick is one that uh outside of the niners was probably my favorite storyline i brought it up a couple times it had the most in my opinion probably the biggest hype going into the nfl season and in my personal opinion, being a former WWE fan, seeing this kind of slide was one of my favorite things ever. Was Russell Wilson's arc was probably one of my favorite things ever to see. Uh, from from being brought in at two hundred and what forty million dollars, and and being the savior of the Denver Broncos to literally being booed. Uh, because he was so terrible and his his teammates hating him. The stories about him doing push-ups or whatever workouts on the plane to the let's high, ride. High knees. High knees, yeah, in the high aisle, knees on the plane. What like, a fucking nerd. That whole scenario, that whole storyline for the Broncos and most, you know, more particular Russell Wilson, that was like so good. It was almost, again, script writers 
they have a little sense for comedy. It was fucking perfect. I loved it. And then the whole story about him having more bathrooms and touchdowns, like that whole thing. I mean, it was, it just was, there were so many bits with Russell Wilson. It was so good. Yeah, you literally stole my next pick. That was like, <laughs> that, that was right under Kirk. I literally wrote here. down right here and said, I thought Mel would have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, what a steal there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I loved it even more just because it's the Broncos, right? Like, you, you love to see a, a division rival, um, you know, tank that bad after thinking that they were going to be um, so high in the season and, you know, it, exactly. it, it, it was just so funny to see the app like thank you wilson for all the uh, memes we got so. <laughs> yeah yeah like ghetto gronk should be paying russell wilson some money too because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> dude i honestly i had the fall of veteran qbs but then i wrote but mostly russell wilson because yeah. it was the same shit like how bad some teams were and then you still had him on like another another lower level of just yeah pathetic like yeah such a fall from grace so great great pick because i think we all were gonna go after him <laughs> at some point <laughs> i don't hate that at all <laughs> i don't all right um chris great pick um my number two uh i'm gonna take it now while i can um it because i think kirk thuggins bringing it up was was it um i i think the regular season had a, a handful of a great games, great comebacks. Um, week 10, the Bills-Vikings game where oh. the Vikings came back and won 33-30 to 30 in a game that I think half of America probably walked away from when the Bills had to just kind of down the ball and run the clock out. But they got pushed back because of penalties and uh, and, a, and a, loss of, a loss of yards on a play. And it turned out to where they were going to try to do a sneak, but Josh Allen fumbled. I don't know if you guys remember this in the mm-hmm. end zone. And oh, Kirk, yeah. Cousins, Kirk Cousins let him back. And um, it also contained maybe the catch of the year, yeah. with Justin Jefferson, where he kind of reached behind him and then kind of tugged it to his chest and or tugged it to his helmet and his body. And um, that was one of those games where it had to be talked about on Monday. It was one of those things where everyone was like, did you see the end of that game? And then it brought up all these questions. Are the Vikings for real? Is Josh Allen trying to do too much? Are are we seeing the collapse of how strong and poised Josh Allen's been? And and I honestly, I I still think if that game's on and it was on NFL Network probably like a couple of weeks ago, just as like a like a recap. This was during um the bye week between the NFC and AFC championship and the Super Bowl. It it was an incredible game. Incredible game. In fact, the Vikings were down even more in the game. Uh, but they they came back and won 33-30 in overtime. You, you just it was one of those games that really sticks out for me. I don't know. Do you guys have have any comments on that game? Yeah, I I think that was if not probably game of the year, right? Just because of uh, how it ended, um, and with that catch uh, again, I I put that as a top three catch of all time in my opinion. Yep. I thought it was just amazing given the circumstances circumstances of what they needed from that catch. Um, but yeah, no, I, that, that was on my list too. Like yeah. <laughs> I can't, if, if you look at the win probability of the game in the fourth quarter, the Vikings scored a touchdown with four and a half minutes to go to pull them within four. It was 27, 23 at 41 seconds to go. 
Eric Kendricks jumped on the fumble in the end zone and the Vikings went up 30 to 27 with 41 seconds to go. And then Josh Allen led them down to kick a field goal as time expired to go 30 to 30. So like as just as quick as the bills had it locked up, they were losing in regulation, still found a chance to tie it and then went to overtime where the Vikings kicked the ultimate field goal to, to win the game. But it was just, if you ever hear that adage, the game's not over till it's over. Like this was the exact example for that game. So I, I think that was, um, that was worthy of a, uh, of a top moment of the season. That's a huge moment. Yeah. Remind me, was that also that 60 yarder that he, was that like one of the, uh, was that that game? No, that was, a, that was the giants kicker. I believe, um, towards the end of the season. Okay. Or if it, if it wasn't, yeah, it, it might've been giants Vikings. Okay. Where okay. Giants Giants ended up winning that game, but uh this was only like a a 33 yarder. But holy shit, if you look at the <laughs> probability, it is all Buffalo and then it just spikes, yeah. comes back down, spikes, comes back down, spikes, comes comes back way down and then goes back to Minnesota. It was just there's there's a reason you, you you line up and play the games. I hate to say that so cliched, but man, this was a this was a good one and we were like the Vikings are legit. I mean, yeah, that was the one where like they beat the Bills. They could do it. They beat the Bills. The Bills were the yeah. Super Bowl favorites at that point. They, I mean, I, I thought I, you were going to say week 10. It. I thought you were going to say week 10 was a huge one because week 10 was a huge one because Niners beat the Chargers. I know that because I was in <clears throat> I was at a wedding and I remember that. But also the Washington Commanders beat the Eagles on Monday Night Football. So that was a that was a there was a, actually a couple games. The Bears was it the Bears and the Lions played and they lost by one point. Do you remember that? That was like the game. It was such a it was such a great game of of or sorry, great day of football, week 10. Yeah. Uh I thought you were gonna say just week 10 in general, because that was an amazing and that was the game of the year easily. And I gotta believe it was the catch of the year. I don't understand I don't know how you could maybe there's one other one that's even close. Yeah, if, if anybody sees when it's on again, just let us know, or I'll, I'll kind of look ahead too and give you guys a shout out. It's yeah, they'll they'll play that again on the rewind. Yeah, they have to. Twenty four to ten Bills at the half. Twenty seven ten at one point Bills, and you're like, I think they got this locked up, and then the Vikings just didn't go away. So that's my second pick. Um, third pick. I'm, I'm going to get a little personal here. Sorry, Mel. Um, going to wild card weekend, and the collapse of the chargers um being up 27 nothing i i still think i'd rather bring this up than you mel um this was just one of those things that i didn't love i'm still pissed for your team and for the niners i don't think you guys got a, a, a fair deal more so the niners but that game was just it, it was it was scripted it was scripted to a t to see that happen the way it did um i've never seen anything like it I think that's one of those ones where it's going to carry on Herbert's back for a little bit. It's going to carry on that team for a little bit. It's going to go like, what happens? Do they become conservative as fuck in the new year when they get any kind of a lead? Because they'll always be thinking like, God can't, can't give up a 27 point lead here, guys. Um, Just, it was unreal, unreal 31, 30 final 27, nothing at one point before the, the first score for the Jaguars in the, in the second quarter before halftime but man that was just one of those games where i was i i i felt for you dude i was just like i can't believe this is happening but definitely memorable sticks out sorry i'll move on 
<laughs> yeah, very, bad. Is there memory. an assault in that wound? Yeah, no, bad memory for me. Um, yeah, it's it still hurts, but I mean, even if you weren't a if you weren't a fan of the Chargers or listen to anything we've been talking about all season, like that is a moment in the playoffs that everyone remembers is the collapse of the Chargers and and ultimately uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of staking his claim now as, hey, I am one of the top young QBs here um, in the game. So, but yeah, thanks thanks for uh, for bringing that one up there. It it definitely yeah, built wow. him some confidence. Yeah. I know it yeah. took it, it took some stones to throw that out there, but you know, <laughs> th- that was a top five moment for me. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> I feel no, like the it, tone has changed okay. on this podcast all of a sudden. I was <laughs> like, how about this one, Jim? God, you know, I didn't like know the, the, the Claypool dig was that deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'd already scripted mine out, dude. I was just going off my off my list. I'm just I'm, I'm following the rules of the draft. Oh, man, man the script writers. All right. <laughs> all right. Back to Chris. Your third. All right, well, selection. speaking speaking of the script writers, uh, I fell in love with this team before the season even started, uh, partially because of the Hard Knocks um show because they always do such a good job with it but i'm saying the likable lions i think they had a great run this year um i definitely fell in love with their team i fell in love with their coach always kind of liked the coach but you know you kind of get a little closer um when you see them in in the the locker room and you see him talking to the guys so and yeah the fact that they shit on aaron Rodgers' face was one of the top things for me to see um you know and obviously too you know, Bob's a Lions fan. It was good to see him get a little something there. So, um, yeah, Lions not sucking is one of the, one of my notes here. So, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last game of the season, right? The Lions had yep. nothing to play for. Yep. Seattle had already clinched the other spot if Green Bay loses. And they're like, I, I, I had the same pick. I thought that was a great just feel-good moment for America. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Exactly. They were like, this is our playoff game. Yeah. 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 Storybook ending to the season, uh, too. So it was uh, a great finale for for the for the season. I think we might talk about them next week and if they carry this in or do they go back to being the the loser lions, (laughs) right? Losers, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe Campbell's creating that culture, like you said, Bob. All right. uh, Back to Mel. Third pick, Mel. So this one pains me to talk about a little bit just because of who actually won this game, but it was a improbable ending to the Patriots and the Raiders. Um, <laughs> and I think we, we yeah we all we all know what we're talking about, right? I oh mean, a, just a complete bonehead play. Like I think more so from a Bill Belichick team of. How do you lateral that at that moment? And and it was just so funny to see. You ha- you see the handoff, and you know he's he's running. You know he's not going to go anywhere. And then he does a lateral to Jacoby Myers, and then Jacoby Myers passes it fifty yards down to Chandler. And the funniest part was the stiff arm on Mac Jones. I love as it. he just runs him over. Uh, scoring that 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 final play to, to win the game. It was one of those where I didn't see live, but you're looking at the scores, and uh, I wasn't even watching Red Zone at the time either. I'm just looking at the scores. I'm like, okay, Patriots uh, looks like they're they're going to win this game or or at least cover. 
uh, and then it just automatically changes to Raiders winning in like a split second. Like it was an improbable ending. Uh, again, a lot of memes came out of that game too, which which was great. Um, you know, it's a it's 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 a good storyline when the memes come out. Like the meme generator at that point is just going off the charts. That means it's it's a hot topic. I, I think there's a trend with most of our picks. A lot of them right? turn into really great fucking memes. Yeah, like yeah. really good ones. Yeah, which which again, we should big shout out to Ghetto Gronk and big shout out to Doe Burrow, two two of the best out there. I agree. Uh, but uh, again, I, I didn't like it because it was it was the Raiders winning. But the good thing is the Raiders blew so many leads already that hey, they can take one that didn't mean anything for them. So, um, but that was just uh, it was just one of those boneheaded plays that you just don't see. So it was uh, it was a good memory to see. It was it was pretty funny. It's definitely one of the more uh, like circus-like plays you're going to watch and just go like you you question what you see. The stiff arm is just the icing on top. Mac Jones like crying in the background. Like it is a great moment. And I think people have seen the Patriots be so good for so long to see them perform such a bonehead play. Like you said, like, man, that that again felt really good yeah. in some ways. You know, that is so funny. God, I forgot about that one too. Great, great pick on. Yeah, that's a good one. That was one of those ones where, like, when it happened, you knew you were going to be talking about it. As soon as it happened, you're like, "Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> yeah. did anyone see that?" Yeah, yeah. that's great. All right, Mel, you can kick it off for the fourth pick. This is the fourth pick. Okay. So this is this is a storyline we were talking about early on in the season, uh, and I, I mean, it was what maybe three weeks that we kind of brought it up within the podcast. Um, and we could probably even just focus it on just one person, and that's the concussions and specifically Tua. Um, and just what a what a what a fall from how he started off the season and how the Dolphins came in. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was hard not to kind of root for him, right? Um, but then the concussions just started happening, and it's all embedded in our head. That one scene where he's lying down on the floor, and his fingers are just zombified or mummified, like yeah. it's just he's just stuck. And you knew that it was going to be bad, and you kind of just feel for him because um, Tua's a likable guy, right? I don't think anybody really hates on Tua, um, and it's sad to think that with the three concussions he's had this year, like it can potentially end his career moving forward. Um, and I, th I think, you know, it was one of those things where the NFL had to do something about it. We were talking about it continuously week over week. Um, and it was just, it was just, uh, you know, mid, mid season, it just kind of took over uh, a lot of the storylines of the NFL. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, it's just kind of sad to see that happen. Um, we didn't really see any big concussions happen after that. Right. So I don't know if the NFL did something or they made any changes to some of the rulings or at least talk to the refs to, 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 to tell them, but um, glad we didn't see anything uh, that bad later on the season. I would argue two as stands out and then everyone else's leash got a lot shorter. I mean, yeah. even Johnson on the Niners, um, Bridgewater, on the Dolphins, they had to be. They were like, guys, they're watching us. That's like the teacher doesn't leave the room when you're taking a test. Like you yeah. can't even think about sliding one past it. I I had that on my list too, Mel. I think uh, how the, how they handled his injury, getting him back out there was pretty dumb. 
Yep. Um, and yeah, I really hope he he makes it. I mean, Chris was saying fins up. I'm thinking of changing allegiances. <laughs> I'm identifying as a dolphin to all of a sudden like they're not my dark horse anymore. So out, I, I I'm not a fan anymore. I mean, it's that, true. I that changed it up. I was I was I stated early on in the season. I think it was my even before we even started playing the season that Dolphins would be the dark horse. Mm-hmm. They were trending to have me not be a liar, and then he had what two two concussions in three weeks, yeah. something like that, and that was the end of this Dolphin season, pretty much. So keep in mind, Ty, Tyler Sherman. I probably forgot one of his names there. He almost beat the Bills, didn't they? Didn't they play a great playoff game? In that uh, wild card weekend, yeah, they did. That was a great game. Yeah, yeah. And if they had two, everyone was like, "Bills didn't stand a chance." You yeah, know? yeah. Wow. Uh, definitely on my list. Chris, it was, was on my on list, list too. too. Yeah, it was on my I mean, list as was... con- concussion craziness is what I called it. Yes. Yeah, dude, that was prominent. the The changing of how the late hits were called and how the quarterback sacks were called, like that one's going to reverb for a minute. I did have that too, though. Um, Poor Tua. Good pick. Uh, back to you, Chris. Fourth yeah. selection. This is where I start to get a little a little uh, sticky and unsure. I'm happy that no one has even talked about this yet, but I'm going to go here because I definitely think it was probably – it's probably the biggest story right now outside of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, and that's Gazelle's husband retiring. I mean, I think that's a big deal. I think that's um, – as far as the NFL stands and definitely the script writers are concerned uh, – is definitely a big deal. Um, I do think, and I think we talked about this before. I think he's done. I think he. Um, I don't think he's coming back. I think. Um, I think the money uh, in the booth is going to be enough for him. He's going to take a year off. Um, you know, play some golf. And again, I don't hate Tom Brady. I don't think anyone can really hate on Tom Brady as a you know being the goat. He is the goat. You got to give it up. But um, I think he's done. And I think that. I'm I'm kind of curious to see where he goes next as far as you know what he does and how hopefully he's not as cringy. I mean, he's been posting some fucking wild pictures <laughs> on Instagram. Um, there's like pictures of his son sitting in his lap in a bathing suit and him doing some fucking thirst traps. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? You all you gotta do is just fucking play golf. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> Turn your phone off five million dollars next year. Um, but anyway, I don't know. So that whole storyline is is crazy. Um, I did like seeing him not win. That was kind of nice. Um, so yeah, I'd say Brady retiring is 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 a again. I thought that I thought that was going to be your number one, Jim. I thought you were going to come in and say that was the number one story in the NFL. So I think we knew he should retire when he was throwing it like sixty times a game and averaging six yards a, an attempt. Like I I almost picked that he got divorced and came out the next week and threw a last a last drive touchdown to win the game and everyone's like oh divorce brady is back yeah, like, exactly, like brady exactly. is ready to go that was a moment where it shifted a little bit and then i just started to feel bad for him because i was like dude your team's not that good <laughs> you going back probably led to the divorce and i mean i'm just speculating but it, it can you do a redo you know can you be like yeah i'll I'll just say we lost to Cooper Cup in the Rams in the NFC game last year, but yep. it is what it is. Yeah, if this if if this was last year, this would have been the number one story, right? I think it diluted itself with the fake retirement last year. It lost all its luster, and then this year it was okay. Cool, like you're done. All right, 
you told us last year and we kind of saw it this season that you were just done. Um, so yeah, um, would have been higher for me. Uh, it was definitely on my list, uh, would have been higher. Um, if he didn't ruin it last year. You're right. Yeah. Cause now the story is, we already heard this story. We already heard this line. Whereas then it was, Holy shit. He's retiring. It's over. The goat's done. Whereas now it's like, mm, we sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. I had Brady dissolves marriage. It's more like Giselle dissolves the marriage. Though. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then Brady goes off and they go on a little bit of a streak there, but it might've been carrying more weight. I think if they, if they gave a fuck against Dallas and they showed up at all in the playoffs, but it, it, it was kind of like the writing was on the wall. Like dude, yeah. these little six yard dinks and dunks are not going to, not going to cut yeah. it. Yeah. He didn't league. do Tom Brady things. Yeah. No. Cool. All right. Let me round out uh round four. Um, I don't have one dedicated to the bears yet. So this one will be by association. I'm going to give a shout out to former bear coach, Lovey Smith, who, Week 18 took on with the Houston Texans uh, a chance to lose and guarantee yourself that first round pick. And what did he do? He gave a fuck you middle finger, two middle fingers to ownership, knowing he was going to get canned too, right? And he basically went for it on fourth and 20 on the last drive, converted. Uh, No, I'm sorry, fourth and 12 first converted to Brandon Cook's. The touchdown was on a fourth and 20. And then he went for two. He had the balls to go for two and say, fuck it, guys. I might not be your coach on the way home on this plane. We're going to we're going to go for it. Uh, That obviously resulted in the Bears due to a tie that the Texans had uh, during the regular season. The Bears jumping up with their awesome 14 losses uh, to take over the number one pick and watching it on red zone cheering it on with my with my little guy i was like this is big for the bears like the bears aren't in the news anymore we've been out since like november this is big for the bears and uh i think it was talked about but maybe um maybe they kind of poo-pooed it a little bit just to say hey now he's gone it's no big deal i i can't wait for this story to rear its head again when the draft comes and go well how did the bears get the number one pick let's let's revisit that and i i just think it's one of those entertaining fuck you to to the man stories of the of the NFL which the man runs shit but when you get a little chance to do it and lovey can do it with his smile and there's a you know history built in i i think that's memorable man i think that was a great uh just power move and the bears were recipients of potentially the number 1 pick which they could trade away they could do that we'll we'll talk about that when we preview the next season but that that was a great a great day for us yeah, I mean, I'm curious too when they put the statue up in front of the new Soldier Field, how will they handle his gray beard on the statue? That's what I'm curious. <laughs> like, will they make it'll it actual count. fuzzy gray beard? Yes, it'll be like actual like cotton balls, but it'll yeah. only count if the if the pick we get is a game changer, is a right, ten or right. twelve year mainstay <laughs> player, and then it's like, don't ever forget what happened in Week 18 of the right. 2022 season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The statue will be him in his Texans gear, though, and him calling the play. <laughs> yeah, uh, the back will be like like his jersey will be exposed, and it'll show the Bears logo or something. Like he was sort of he was in costume that day. You know, he has a back tat like the tramp stamp of the Bears logo exposed. It says Bears four L, and he knows it. And he knows it. Yeah. Okay. 
that's a good one. I think um, I'm going to round out number five for me. Um, I think this one is more so fucking legend status for this guy before another face plant. Um, I'm talking about the motherfucker known as Zach Wilson, uh, who went <laughs> the on, actual motherfucker, not the, the actual, the yeah. literal motherfucker who uh, kind of made some headways, uh, headlines for himself based on his who he was sleeping with, you know, and finding out from his buddies, hey, that's actually my mom, or that's my mom's friend, or that's my mom's friend's friend. You're you're hitting up her bridge group. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, shit, we got a new king in New York. You know, Jeter's out. Uh, No one else is doing shit for the Giants. Daniel Jones is like a goody two-shoe. I think he asks a girl before he can kiss her. He asks her, can I kiss you? Like, Zach Wilson goes right for MILF Central. Um, now this did backfire on him when we found out he still blows, <laughs> he got benched, <laughs> but like for a couple of weeks, he had that, that like little extra sheen about him, like that little aura of like, dude, that guy will fuck your girl and her mom <laughs> if you're not careful. And that's badass in the NFL. Cause you usually don't get those type of accolades. It's never that public, you know, like if you remember, didn't Delonte West like bang LeBron James's mom? <laughs> that was the rumor. Yeah. yeah, right. He was vilified. Zach Wilson gets this and he is like, people start like getting hearts fluttering. They're like, this guy's so amazing. Like he's quarterback <laughs> of the Jets. He he bangs mature older women. And I was just like, this guy's a story. I I hope he finds his footing, but I don't think he will. I still don't think he's that good. Like it, his claim to fame from his NFL career, his footnote down in a, in a library book 30 years from now, if those even exist, will be he was famous because he banged his his teammates, mom's friends. You know what I mean? I hope like that's in a book somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, most guys reading it will be like, that guy seems pretty cool. You know, that that's a pretty badass move there, Zach. So um, it's out of the norm. We don't hear about it very often. I think it's worthy just to sneak in. Uh, from a 2022 storyline in terms of, you know, something that you might remember. Maybe the only thing you remember about this guy, but pretty fucking cool thing to be known for. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like, I never really gave a shit about him. And then I heard that story. I'm like, he seems like he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you changed your opinion on him mid You're like, yeah, he's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's my that's my five. Uh, back to Chris. All right. Well, I mean, we touched on it uh, a little bit, Mel. You talked about it, and I started mine with the Niners. I'm going to finish mine with the Niners. I do think it's the outside of the quarterback carousel. The Christian McCaffrey uh, acquisition is the biggest thing. I, I think the Christian McCaffrey storyline alone is so uh, undervalued from a story. I don't think the, the sports writers don't give him any fucking love. He didn't even get a fucking, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pro Bowl uh action he he got in later but then he didn't get the first round um i mean he was a game changer for the niners he was um he did everything and and he i mean there was a moment in time definitely in the nfc game where he was about to become the quarterback so um and i would have actually liked to see that personally um so Same. yeah it was uh it was a great season for him and again i mean as a former fantasy football guy he was always good in fantasy but that's because he was on the fucking Panthers um, and he was great on the Panthers. And then for him to be put, and I feel like he was kind of the missing piece. People kept saying they were, we were giving up too much draft capital for him. 
I think that's bullshit. I think you got to do it now. And they did it. And uh, I, I mean, I think it definitely made for the season as far as the the trade deadline being something of worth watching. That was definitely the biggest trade I think in the in the season. And then for him to actually come to fruition and not get hurt. I mean, every single time he was touched, I was like, "Don't you touch my sweet little boy!" And he's my sweet <laughs> little guy. Yeah. Um, and I and I, I just think he brings a lot to the team. I think he fits right in perfectly with all the guys. Um, you know, there's great video of him sitting courtside at the Warriors with you know Jimmy G and George Kittle. Like week two of him being there, it was like he was instantly brought in. So. Um, yeah, I like him. I, I, I hope he stays for a while. And, uh, I think that was the best move we could have made. And, um, I, I liked, I liked that pick for my, for my fifth. Okay. That crew was all pussy magnets at that oh basketball God. game, man. <laughs> my God. Yeah, and he's, he's married to or dating to one of those Caputo chicks, which I didn't even know who the fuck they were, but they're trying to be the next like, Kardashian chicks. They have like a Netflix show or HBO show or something. Definitely worth checking out because they are. Yeah, huh. he should probably okay. call Urlacher. Little hair restoration in his future, you maybe. Think, yeah, he needs a little bit. But he he rocks a leather jacket coming out of the locker room. I think that's badass because like <laughs> leather jackets aren't my thing. But if you can pull it off, you kind of have to call that out. Um, and I I'm, I'm I'm with you. This is different than Mel's, I think, because Mel's was more about just the trade deadline and mm-hmm. the volume of blockbuster moves. McCaffrey not getting hurt is crazy because yeah. we said this on the pod. You know, is this a two week thing? Is this a four right. week thing mm-hmm. before he just he, he pulls up lame? He never yep. fucking did. So never like, did. Let's go. Like lock yeah. him up. Get settled back there. Good, good, good pick, man. Yep. Yep. It was so just so. Oh, uh, hold on. I'll wait. I'll let you go first, Mel. But I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to possibly take yours. So I'll wait. My we'll, other. We'll one do some on honorable defense. mentions after yeah. Mel's, and then we'll and then we'll we'll recap all of them and then tie it off. Yeah, because this is number five, right? This is it. This is, this is, this is it. Mr. Irrelevant. This is Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Pick. Irrelevant. Okay, Mr. Irrelevant pick. So for my number five, and this is kind of recapping a lot in the season, but more specifically, the season we had here on Dad's Talking Football, and that's my LPL record and my <laughs> LPL locks. <laughs> that's my it. number five. Oh, I Mel, hope- <laughs> if we make a graphic, you're going to get all the votes now because they're going to be like, yeah, because he actually made us money. You two yeah. didn't. Yeah, so this is a shout out to everybody that rode me and my locks. Hope you had a winning record. I hope you won. Um, again, first time doing this, being on the pod, being full-fledged uh, on this, I couldn't have asked for for more from it. So uh it's been awesome so i'm rounding it off with that uh and just the uh the good record and good vibes we had here that's a that's a well-deserved victory lap i think that was a good one <laughs> that mister is not so irrelevant i'm gonna remember him too Mel. Yeah, that was good i promise you um all right just to recap uh i had demar hamlin injury plus kick return in the next game the bills vikings game uh coming back uh, for the vikings 33 30 comeback of the year maybe catch of the year uh, the Chargers losing in wildcard weekend, collapsing. Uh, Lovey Smith giving the big Freedom Rocket middle finger to ownership and uh, and winning on purpose, giving the Bears the first pick. And Zach Wilson, the literal motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Chris, you had the San Francisco season and quarterback carousel and all the success. You had Russell Wilson's arc uh, of Denver to being booted and hated by team. I still see him doing high knees in the airplane and just... <laughs> People just so like, good. throwing shit at him. Uh, your third pick were the likable Lions, uh, including beating Green Bay in the last game of the season, which I think America was rooting for. 
Brady's retirement, uh, making it final this year. Uh, enjoy your year off. And McCaffrey not getting hurt alone, getting a new home in San Francisco. Winner, winner, uh, and and bright, bright for the future. Uh, for Mel, his his highlights of the year were NFL trade deadline, the volume of the blockbuster moves, McCaffrey being one of those hallmarks, the birth of Kirk Thuggins, and coming back after down thirty three nothing. Rest in peace, Jeff Saturday's coaching career. <laughs> uh, the Pat, the Patriots' ineptitude, last second lateral. Uh, to the Raiders defense, uh, stiff arming Mac Jones. I mean, it's just an LOL moment that is just awesome. I, you, you, you probably the most crowd pleasing moment of the year, I would say. Um, two concussions, poor handling of how that was, you know, managed by the by the ownership, by the coaches, uh, and is is longevity in the is is up, up for doubt. And then obviously, Mel, your lead pipe block record in 2022 uh, kept us afloat as a podcast of you credible did. Uh, handicappers. Um, amazing recap. I feel like we're in the season still. I, f- I forgot for a moment that football was over for a little bit. Do we have any honorable mentions that maybe weren't mentioned, but we're still on your list, guys? I mean, I have one that I highlighted here that I definitely feel like it was a big storyline. Happy that it never really became more than it initially was. But, you know, Deshaun Watson coming back, I thought was a definite big storyline. Um, like I said, happy to say it never like it would have been really much been a bummer if all of a sudden he started winning and people just forgot about all the shit that he had done and he goes on to win and you know everyone's happy again. So I think it I don't feel bad for him at all. Um, but I thought that whole storyline was a huge one coming up. And then I put my last one was Aaron Rodgers, and I just put what the fuck. Like <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck to think about Aaron Rodgers right now. Like he's just all over the place. So love that. Uh I, I also had um Deshaun Watson return and play terrible, which was like a good thing. It was entertaining. It was memorable for me that he right. came back and just played like a clown. So uh, I I do like both of those. Yep. What about you, Mel? Yeah, I, no, I also had that one uh, on here more so that we were cheering his failures. Like yeah, I think that was a uh, fucking haters. It, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was it was like a positive that he 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 was sucking. Uh, I had that one on there. Um, I did uh, have the year of the backups uh, on here. Uh, you know the Cooper rushes, the the Zappies, the Heineke's, um, the Huntleys, who uh, we didn't really talk about, who's a Pro Bowler now, right? He, he looked uh, good in some of those drills too. Man. Yeah, and, and, and then, games exactly, and then uh, and then of course Purdy, you know, uh, rounding it off there. Um, but but yeah, I I think we were all on the same, you know, we, we're on the same wavelengths. Like everything I had here, like I had to cross it off because each of you took my picks. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was a good season, dude. I had a. Uh... I had a couple of those. I had Geno Smith's resurgence. I thought that was worthy of of someone to to kind of talk about. Um, Brett Maher missing four extra points just because oh, we were just like, this never happens. Is that there was a, wild. Is there a bet in there? Um, Ron Rivera not knowing he could be eliminated in the press conference oh, before yeah. his second to last game. That was really funny because I think that meme will live longer than than the season. That's like um, a that's like a playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wait, we could be eliminated today. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. yeah, if the Giants win and you lose. And he's like, oh, like, <laughs> is this recording? You know? Um, and then uh Bears beating San Fran week one. I didn't get to this one. If we did a top nine, it'd probably be there. Just showing what the Bears can do versus a rookie QB and uh a monsoon, right? And just terrible weather. The Bears could probably line up against anybody 
Um, I mean, those variables have to be there. Rookie QB, first first career start, and like a torrential downpour for most of the game. But it wasn't that memorable because we didn't do anything with it, you know. So anyway, that's my that's my list, and I'm sticking. That was to good. It. That was, that was good. Good list. Good list. Yeah. I feel like we can process the season now. Uh, enjoy how it ended. Respect the teams that advanced and and get ready for the next year. Um, I'm I'm good though. I'm good. If you guys, uh, you know, want to get together next week and just talk about the next season and give maybe something similar, five five intriguing storylines um, to look forward to. Yep. Yeah, to look yep. forward to how they're going to play out. Some of them could be stemming from these ones, but uh, yeah, check out our social. We might get this this little graphic out there so you guys yeah. can check it out. But uh, I mean, anytime, yeah. anytime you tell me we get to keep this kind of season going on a little bit more, I'm I'm all about. So yeah, I mean, otherwise, I mean, what am I going to do? Wait for baseball season to come up? Which I mean, come on. Um, Mel and I said this new pod will just be about the Scream series and leading up to Scream <laughs> Six, and and Mel never said no. So you never know. You never yeah. know. <laughs> So That'd I guess cool. we're I guess we'll do one more episode of that and then we'll do move into the Scream Six podcast. That'd be good. <laughs> or Mel's USFL podcast. Yeah, followed by USFL. Yeah. Yeah. Don't threaten me with a good time because I will fucking kill on that pod. Literally. <laughs> but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Mel, I'm you good. good? I am good. Right. So yeah, so that's our recap. That's our draft. I love our picks. Great Super Bowl. Great end of the season. Good end of the season here. We do, we like said, we'll have one more episode where we will talk um, kind of like what to expect next year and kind of uh, the things that were coming and that we're excited about. So for Jim and Mel, I've been Chris, and we've been the Dads Talking Football. And let's ride. There it is. See? That's why I thought you were going to take it. <laughs> it was my next one. It was right there. <laughs>